This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Tired today, boys. Happy Labor Day. Labor Day. For a hardworking guy like me, I'm allowed to be tired on Labor Day. What's up? What's up with the what's up? Let me fix this thing here. Uh, what's going on, guys? Welcome to MMA Takes Podcast. Happy Labor Day for all my hardworking boys and girls out there. Um, yeah, you know, nice little uh, nice little thing. Labor Day is a big weekend for uh, us Cincinnatians. Um, we have, you know, most people, eh, should you know? Maybe, I don't know. Cincinnati is very close to Kentucky. We're separated by the Ohio River. Um, my wife is from Kentucky. It's, you know, you can get Kentucky. From Cincinnati, you can get to Kentucky and... 10 minutes, maybe. Um, anyway, uh, so we do fireworks on Labor Day weekend. And there's a Kentucky side, an Ohio side. There's a bridge. They like the fireworks on the bridge. And it's uh, it's a big fucking deal. You know what I mean? They they televise it. It's a, it, it's a big deal. And I was telling the boys, Tim and Christian, years ago, God, 15, 16, 17 years ago, when I was 19, 20, 21, three years in a row, I went down there and just debauchery ensued. Uh, that was, I, I've never been a big Patty's Day guy. Not a huge New Year's guy. Obviously, I went out and I when, when I was in my prime, young man, I would drink on New Year's, but it was never like, you know, I never like got up for it too, too much. But the fireworks, I did. You know what I mean? It's always first weekend of September and I, I used to get fucking jacked. And um, some really good memories, some really horrible mistakes and, uh, different person now but this week uh this year excuse me my in-laws built a house and uh we all were over there family and kids there's about eight kids running around two of them are mine obviously little haze isn't running around yet but a different setting uh i've come a long way in 16 15 7 however many years um pretty awesome you know i wouldn't trade it for the world you know what i mean i think when you're young go hard that's what you do but uh, happy Labor Day to everyone. Had a nice little lovely day off. Can't wake up, though. Got a fancy football draft tonight. You know, I'm trying to wake up. I'm just, all I want to do is just lay around and be like, nah, I'm good. I'm good today. Let me just chillax. Uh, this is MMA Podcast. We're going to recap all of us, uh, Brunson until as much as I don't want to do it. Recap it. We'll do the betting recap and everything I do want to talk about. And then at the end of the show, we'll do a contender series. Oh, we got here a contender series preview that I did last week. I think I went undefeated last week. I didn't know any of the fighters. I didn't look up any tape. I went by their records and I think I predicted every, there was four fights. I think I got all four fights, right? I don't think I predicted who would have got the contract. There was four or five contracts handed out, but I predicted every single one, right? Does that make me the fucking best ever? Just not knowing these guys, not diving in, just, Looking at it, does that mean I know so much about this sport? What? That's crazy. Ah, boys, got the tattoo almost finished. If you don't know, now you know. Go to MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube so you can see my face. But I had a, uh, a t- I'm starting a Japanese uh, tattoo sleeve, Japanese traditional Japanese um, tattoo, which is which I love. You know, I love tattoos. You know, been a while or been a long time. I didn't know what I wanted to get. Finally, I knew I wanted to get how to find the right artist, yada, yada. You know, it's expensive, saves money, blah, blah, blah. Um, so a couple months ago, I got a tiger. 
with, uh, you know, on some stones and stuff that that wasn't colored in yet. And then I went back, uh, was supposed to go back multiple times. The tattoo, my elephant skin wasn't healing right. Uh, artist got sick. He was out of town. A lot of things helped me up. So I had it Friday. I had a Friday right after work. And, uh, yeah, we, I thought we were going to color the tiger and I was going to add three cherry blossoms with some background. He decided to do all the background and then add the flowers. So I still have to get the flowers and the tiger colored in. That's the final step. And then the whole forearm will be sleeved out. It'll be, it's sleeved out now. Just got to add the color. Um, yeah. And let me tell you something, you know, people always ask, do tattoos hurt? Yes, of course they do. There, it's needles going in your skin. When I got my tiger on the top of the mic, it was on the top of the forearm and a little bit on the side with, with, with all the stuff else. I mean, it was tolerable. I, I, I don't think I winced once besides there's a part where you got a little close to my wrist bone on the, uh, on the, on the backside here. I remember going, Oh, that smarts a little bit. That, 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 that one, that one gets me, but I sat there and talked to him the whole time, just gavin away. Didn't affect me at all. I could have probably sat. He could have, if he had enough time, he could have finished, uh, the color of the tiger. We just ran out of time. Right. Um, cause I got a big, big meaty forms, dude, just fucking ham hock of forms cover. You got to cover a lot of ground on, on your boy. So I went back on Friday and I went right after work and, uh, you know, very excited, you know, ready to do it. And I didn't really know exactly what we were going to do. I knew I wanted three cherry blossoms for my, uh, for my three girls, wife and two daughters. Uh, again, beefy forms. He's like, yeah, we should add a, a, a Japanese peony too because you have enough room. He's like, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna um, do all the background. I'll, I'll draw it on, and then we'll add the flowers, and I'll, I'll run the outline. I'll, I'll shade the background, and we'll see where we're at. Right. So it's like, okay, cool. So he starts drawing on me, and you know he's drawing the background with a marker and stuff, and he's seeing how it fits on my arm and everything like that. And then he gets to the backside, and he goes, buddy. He's like. He's like, uh, you know, we're going to have to go the way this, the way it flows, you know, he's like the way everything flows. He's like, we're going to have to do the elbow. He's like, we're going to have to go on the elbow and do like a little thing. And I was like, okay, yeah, do what you got to do, man. Cool. Cool. You know, whatever you got to do. He's like, all right. So he drew it right. Perfect. Looked good. Put the flowers on everything. Looked good. Ran the outline, got to the elbow on the outline and it smarted. You know what I mean? You know, that's bone on bone, right? And, uh, and I'm trying to be tough, right? But the in, in the outline, they say, is the worst part. It's not too bad. It's a single needle. It's just it's just a straight line. It's not much, you know? So, uh, I mean, it hurt, definitely. It definitely hurt. That was the part where I'm like, ooh, okay, so I'm, I'm feeling real pain here. And I was on my stomach while he was doing it because you had to get to the backside of the album. I was positioned weird. And I'm like, okay, that, that sucked. And then I was like, oh shit, he's going to have to fucking shade to fill that in now. So then he goes, well, while you're back here, let's just fill it in. So he gets his shader out and man, oh man, boys, that hurt so fucking bad. I can see why now, if you look at a guy's tattoo sleeves, right? If you look at a guy who's sleeved up. A lot of their tattoos on their elbows, either around the elbow, um, you know, they're not actually on the elbow bone, the point of the elbow. A lot of guys avoid that. They just do it around the elbow and, and you know, let the elbow breathe a little bit. I've looked up multiple people with tattoo sleeves and I've seen a lot of elbows being avoided, right? 
it hurt so fucking bad. Like I'm sitting there sweating face down, trying not to move, trying not to, I'm, I'm trying to put on a brave face. I'm trying to be Mr. Tough guy. I'm grabbing onto the, the little uh, table that I'm laying on. I'm grabbing onto it and I'm just breathing like this. And he's just, you know, hey, a little more man. And I was like, he's like, the elbow's not fun. I know. Guys are coming over. It's like, oh, you're going right on his elbow. He's like, yeah, man, that's you know, that's the only way you know the design worked or whatever. And just hammering the elbow, and I'm just like, oh my god, this hurts so bad. The only time, because I yeah, this is my first big piece. I've had little tattoos, and again, they all hurt, but it's manageable. It's manageable pain, right? This was the first time I'm like, I'm I'm fucking. This is brutal. This is absolute brutal. I'm glad he did it first, and I'm glad my guy doesn't smoke because a lot of people I know that have multiple tattoos, they say it's so bad when your when your tattoo artist has to take a break and they go smoke or they go do whatever because then when they jump back in, you're already done. Like, you, you just want to stop, right? You're like, if they just keep going on you, it's, it's better. So I'm so thankful that my tattoo artist, Carter, does not smoke and does not take breaks and just hammered it out. But that elbow, man, fuck. I mean, I told Eric, I told my wife, I told friends, I said, I don't think you could pay me to get that shit done again. But now that everything's settled and it's starting to heal and it's starting to dry out and stuff and it looks incredible. I, I mean, obviously, I think I, luckily I, I, I don't plan on sleeving my other arm and he already covered the elbow here and I'm going to sleeve this whole arm up like we're going all the way up to the top. Um, but the elbow is taken care of. We don't have to worry about the elbow anymore. The elbow ditch. Like on the front of your arm, the little the little fold in your arm here. That smarted to a, a, a girl that uh, was covered in tattoos. She said the elbow wasn't bad to her, but the elbow ditch, she's ripping Jim Beam because it hurt so bad. Like that one, like it definitely hurt. Um, it definitely, you know, I, I felt it. It, it, was, it was a lot of nerve endings there, but nothing to like on that elbow. Like it is brutal. And here's the best part, right? And this might sound made up. This might sound like, oh, okay, Brian's just exaggerating his stories to get a laugh or or whatever, uh, you know, because this is just cheap comedy. It might sound like that, but this is a thousand percent true and a thousand percent more embarrassing. So I come from work, I get off work, and I know that, you know, I've watched enough tattoos, I've read enough experience, I've talked to enough people that you got to have something in your stomach. You got to have a little bit of sugar. You don't want to pass out. You know, you're getting hammered on, yada, yada. So I get off work and I stop and I get um, a Gatorade, a Mountain Dew, and a water. And I didn't have enough time to get like a full meal. So I got like a rice custard treat. I'm like, you know what? Just give some sugar in me. We're going to be good. It's going to be about three hours. You're all right. And then we'll, we'll, we'll hammer out from there. You know, afterwards, we'll stop and get something to eat. So, uh, so, uh, I do that. I stop and eat, whatever, get my stuff, bring drinks in. I, I chugged the water in the Mountain Dew before I got in there, I had the Gatorade in there with me. And I remember when I got there, I was like, oh fuck, I only had like a baked potato the night before. I didn't have a huge dinner for whatever reason. I, either we didn't get much or wife, was, I, I don't remember. I just had a baked potato. Maybe I was just wanting to eat light. So now I'm in there and I got all this fluid in my stomach with very, with no food. And my stomach starts getting filled with like air, like air bubbles, almost like when you, when you drink, right? When you drink and you, you, you start drinking, you get the air bubbles in your chest. You're like, okay, I probably should stop drinking. It's like that, but my stomach's full of air. So when your stomach's full of air, at least for me, then the farts got to come out. You got to fart, right? 
And I've had this before, this experience, like my stomach's just full of air and I'm very gassy and it's just farts, but they don't stink, right? You just got to let them go. They don't smell, but you just got to get them out. Like it's almost like a colonoscopy when they fill your stomach so much full of air. I've never had one, but this is you know what I was told. They fill so much, your stomach so much full of air that when they push on you, it go, you know, it, it, it shoves it out. But, uh, so I'm sitting there and my stomach is just, I, I, I'm clenching my cheeks. I'm trying not to move, trying not to squirm. I got my arm getting hammered on and I'm trying not to fart. I got all these fucking, you know, things going on. I'm starting to sweat cause I'm holding farts or whatever. So when I flip to my stomach and he start working on an elbow, the very first line of the elbow, it, it, it made me jump a little bit because it hurt so bad. And I ripped the fart. Fart just shot out of my ass. I was like, I'm sorry, man. I said, I just, I'm just, stomach's a little upset. He's like, you all right? I was like, yeah, dude, that just, that kind of, that kind of jolted me a little bit. Stomach's a little upset. We're good. We're good. We're good. I apologize. Right. And then this is a small shop. This is a small little place. There's other people working all close. Everyone heard me fart. Everyone heard me fart. So then we flip to my back and he's starting to do the shading on the forearm part. And I'm in, I'm hanging. So my elbow is just burning at this point. I'm over getting tattooed. We're about two and a half hours in. I got about maybe 45 minutes left or something. And I'm just, I'm, I'm over it. Right. I'm so over. I want it to be done. I'm tired of my fucking arm hurting and I'm laying on and my back starting to tie up. So I'm trying to like crisscross my legs and move my legs and my legs are getting stiff. Every time I did that, farted. Farted like three times doing that. Real little squeakers coming out. And I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. This, these weren't as bad because it wasn't as loud as the other one. But like, obviously, my tattoo artist heard it. I'm so sorry, man. I just, I was like, they shouldn't stink. I just, I'm just full of air right now. And uh, <laughs> so he's like, eh, you know what? What are you going to do? And then so finally at the end, I was so excited to be done that I'm laying flat on my back and I, I do, you know, I'm not the most agile guy in the world. So I have to like kick my legs up You know, I kind of kick my legs up to sit up on this thing. And as I do that, I rip a huge loud fart. I mean, brrr, rattles this thing. I know everyone heard it. I, I heard it. I ignored this one. I was like, fuck it. I'm not doing it. This uh, we're we're done. Wrap me up. Fucking put put the saran wrap on. I'm doing this. It's fucking embarrassing. And then I was like, wanted to go home or wanted to get something to eat. I'm starving. And my but my arm is swelled up. My elbow hurts. I'm like, I just want to go home. So, uh, but you know, it's so silly that we do this. Like, you know, no, I'm complaining about something that I chose to do to myself. I'm paying someone to do this. So it's kind of silly for me to sit here and complain about it. It definitely hurt. The elbow was way worse than I thought, but I love it. It looks awesome. It looks cool. I can't wait to finish out the whole thing. Not still really sure. So the next time, November 5th, I'm getting everything colored. And I think I'm going to take a few months off and figure out and, and save some cash, figure out what the hell I'm going to do on my upper arm. Like, cause like I said, we're going to, we're going to see this bitch out and I got to figure out what to do on the upper side. I have a few ideas, um, but again, nothing concrete. So have to do that. So that's my tattoo experience. And boys, the only thing I said to you is just, if you're going to get your elbow tattoo, just don't, right? And if you do video it and send it to me so I can see if you're like tougher than I am. If you, if you took it better than I did. Because even though I wasn't like going, oh my God, blah, 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 I wanted to. I wanted to so bad. It hurt so fucking bad. All right. Last little thing before we get to the performances. Uh, on uh, the fight night. If you've been listening to me long enough, you know that I am the worst purchaser of things. Um, if if you delay my shipping 
Or if you don't respond to me right away, I'm an asshole via an email. You know, I'm, I'm not a great consumer, right? Only online orders because I know how the shipping game works. So I sold a mic on uh, one of my old microphones. Um, I sold it on eBay. Guy bought it. And usually when you buy it on eBay, you get four days to pay. Usually they pay right away, right? So he bought it on like a Tuesday and it was Friday. And I, and I sent him a payment reminder. I'm like, I'm going to have to fucking, uh, am I have to cancel this order? Like this is third day. I'm going to cancel tomorrow. So on Friday morning he pays. He's like, oh, sorry. You know, I was out of town for work, blah, blah, blah. Um, he's like, uh, but yeah, you know, sorry for the delay. No, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, no worries. Whatever. I'll ship it out to tomorrow because Friday I had to get my tattoo or whatever. So Saturday morning, I wake up at 8 a.m., right? I'm up at 8 a.m. with the kids and the, and the wife. We're eating. We're, we're, we're playing on. I had to go to Indiana to do my bets and stuff. We was going to do it Friday, but I was over uh, driving and, and just wanted to eat on Friday after the tattoo. So we went Saturday morning. At 8 in the morning, the UPS store is not even open yet. He paid on Friday. It took him three days to pay. He emails me very passive-aggressively and goes, Hey, um, I paid yesterday morning and I was really hoping I could track my package today. Why hasn't it shipped? And I'm like, oh my God, this is fucking me. This is my annoying ass. This is how I operated. I'm a piece of shit. So I said, the UPS store doesn't open until nine. It's eight o'clock here. He's from North Carolina. We're in the same time zone. It took you three days to pay. Maybe I should take three days to ship. I didn't say any of this to him. I said, it's going out in an hour or whatever. And I did. I dropped it off. But whatever. Let's get to the fights. Oh, boys. Um, it wasn't your boy's finest hour. I, uh, I, I did not have a great betting week. Here's, here's what pisses me off, right? Here's what pisses me off is it, when we go over my sheet, I wrote down how every like the prop wise because i can't hit a prop to save my fucking life right now my props are trash but i wrote down on every fight prop 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 if i would have listened to myself instead of getting fucking green eyes and getting hungry and wanting to get the best odds possible down at the uh when i got to indiana i would have been a happy man i would have been a happy fucking man but no, Brian had to go and, and be a fucking hot shot and try to hit these odds. So I had Alex Morono, Charles Jordan as my straight plays. Morono was the only fight I won, the only bet I won. I put uh, one unit on Morono, one unit on Charles Jordan. They basically cancel out because uh, um, Jordan lost uh, to Julian Arosa. We'll obviously recover all that, uh, recap all that. Then I had the Liverpool, the Liverpool parlay. The Beatles parlay with Patty, Darren, and Tom Aspinall. We all know Till lost. <sighs> Dropped a slime ball parlay. That was my slime ball. That one hurt. 288, one unit, down that. And then for some reason, I keep playing parlays. I don't know what it is. So I had clear round tree by KO in round one, plus 450, just a little small sprinkle, point two units. I had Darren Till by decision. I just kind of saw... A weird fight when I went down there. I saw Darren losing the earlier rounds, kind of like what he did, and then he was going to pick it up. Obviously, that is not what happened. We'll go into depth of that fight. I have a lot of thoughts because tells my guy. And then Luigi Venerini versus Patty Pimlet. I had Pimlet by submission, uh, four point four units. The till was just a point two. That was at plus uh, three fifty. Patty Pimlet by submission plus two seventy five. A little bit of a square play there. Point uh, four units, forty bucks. Obviously, he lost that. He won by KO. Um, not great. 
not really great. If I'm being honest with you, I, I, I'm a little unhappy with it, but I'm more unhappy with with my guy Darren Till. So let's get to the uh, let's get to the fights. A little caffeine to wake me the fuck up. Let's go. Um, Darren Till, Derek Brunson. I said on the podcast that I'm clearly biased. Darren Till's my guy. So I liked, um, I'm going to pick him, right? He's going to be my moral lock. I'm going to back my guy. That's just the way I do things. And I said, if you have no biases and you're looking at this fight objective, which I am not, then you should bet Brunson because that's the better number. It's a tough matchup, a better number. I still thought though, and I don't know if it was in my true heart of hearts or my MMA brain, but I did think that this was a good matchup for Darren Till. I saw a lot of other people pick Darren Till as well. Regardless of Derek Brunson having a good number and being maybe the smarter play uh, and being a dangerous fighter for Darren Till, I did think Darren Till was going to do better than he did. I thought he I thought he matched up well. I was wrong, obviously. A lot of people were wrong as well, but it, this is about me. I was wrong. However, I wrote prop finish under whatever the rounds were set is what I have wrote down. Would have won that bet. Did not do it because I'm a fucking fool. Um, maybe not. Maybe the, maybe the over under was set at two and a half cause it, it ended in the third round. I have to look at that. So maybe I wouldn't have won that, but I did put prop finish. And of course I, I, I bet it Darren Till by decision because of that fucking juicy number you know, it's a fucking, I'm a fucking idiot. Um, as far as the fight goes, listen, I'm a Darren Till guy. I explained last week on the, on the podcast, why I love Darren Till. And, um, I, I, at the weigh-ins, I was nervous because he looked he looked a little looser than normal. I said he's been off for a year. Maybe he's just trying to fill into his uh, 185 frame, right? He looked like he was carrying a little bit of more weight on the on the on the gut, and uh, he just didn't seem a little bit, you know, he, he lacked muscle for a better term. I know he's not cutting the 170; he's a big 170, but he just looked a little a little loose to me. Derek Brunson appeared to be in great shape. Apparently, Derek Brunson had a horrible injury. He had a rib cage injury that he barely could drive. So it's even more impressive that he showed up and, and won the way he did. And um, But I love what Darren was saying all week. Darren, there's a quote. He did a sit-down interview with John Gooden. And there's a quote that's going around the uh, the internets, the Twitters, that Darren says that I'm the worst nightmare for wrestlers. Wrestlers can't take me down and hold me down. They just can't do it. No one can do it. You know, he's like, Robert Whitaker took me down. I popped right back up. That age, that age poorly. That age really, really poorly. You know, you look at the Tyron Woodley fight, and and I looked at that as well, capping this and, and trying to get some confidence in Darren, and he got caught early in that first round, then he got taken down and, and, and what have you, and then just had nothing off his back. But I'm like, you know what? He was starstruck. He he got rushed to the title there. I'm making excuses for him, right? He He's a different fighter now. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's in better shape. I don't see Derek Brunson. Or I'm mean, I'm gonna see he's not in better shape, but he's in um he doesn't have that weight cut ahead of him. I see Derek Brunson not really able to hurt him on the feet because Derek Brunson now is zoned in on what he wants to do, get that fight to the ground and, and be heavy on top and, and and be dominant. I believe I said on the podcast there's no way this fight ends on submission because Derek Brunson had one submission. It was by rear naked choke is what he got till with, but I just didn't think Till would give up uh, the way he did, and and that's essentially what is upsetting me is Darren quit. I mean, this is a mental guy that I love. This is a guy that he, he gives fire quotes. He seems very confident in himself. I'm good. I believe the things he says. 
I'm going to be world champion. You know, when he was talking about the wrestlers, like wrestlers can't hold me down. I'm the worst nightmare. I believe it. He believes it. He's not, he's not a fraud guy. He believes it. Problem is, is, is I don't know if he's getting the right training or if he's training with the right guys. You know, Tom Aspinall is in his camp. He's a big heavyweight. Tom looks great. I, I don't know where the disconnect is happening. Darren again, looked a little, his body looked a little loose and his performance showed it, you know, first round, you know, he got a little overzealous. Derek shot a double leg, clean double leg, took Darren down super easy. And he fucked Till up, busted his eye up in that first round. Till finally got up. Second round, Till really fought for those takedowns, defended the takedowns well, worked the clinch kind of well, threw some knees, um, and then was just kind of throwing the same combinations. He didn't start kicking to round three. I was, I was wanting some head kicks. I was wanting some body kicks. I was... Uh, I was wanting some head kicks. I was wanting some body kicks. I was wanting some, uh, you know, mixing things up. He was just kind of throwing that left hand, that long left hand, which caught Brunson in the third round. But still, like, you know, when you're an elite striker, like with like Till, you got to mix it up. And that second round, eventually Derek got him down again. Third round comes out. Till doesn't look to be super. uh, There was a moment in between round one and two where Derek Brunson did look a little slow. Um, he looked, he slowed down a little bit, but that wasn't the case. Like they even said until his corner, like he's tired. He's and he wasn't like, he was just like, maybe, maybe he caught a shot to the body. Maybe he caught a shot to the head. Maybe he was just kind of recovering or whatever. And, and he did put out a lot of volume in that first round as well. He hit till a lot on top, but you know, till couldn't do anything. He just couldn't do anything. He has nothing off his back. His take on offense looked terrible in the first round. Got surprised by that double leg a little bit. And then DC, I thought, did a great job breaking down why why Derek Brunson is so good. So you go to the third round, and this is a round that Till, you know, was like, I need to come back. His corner was like, you need to, you need this, right? You're down two. You got to get after this guy. Derek Brunson's stand-up has regressed. It is not great. This is a guy that has knocked out a lot of people. Uh, his highlight reels, most of his highlight reels are, are by knockout. He has switched that up because he's got a little bit of a chin issue, got a little bit of a defensive issue. His cardio is top notch, and his and his ground game to get you on top and be on top is very good. But his stand up is 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 not good. It is it is downright poor. And there's a a moment at third round where Till cracked him, and and kind of I wouldn't say wobbled Derek, but definitely stuttered him a little bit. Till rushed in. Derek shot that double, and Till fought with everything to stop it and got taken down. And then got taken down immediately. Got mounted. And right when he got mounted, I could just, I saw Darren Till's body language. He just quit. He covered up, covered up, was getting punched, gave up his back, was flattened out. And I don't even know, there was not a good camera angle because he was flat in the mat. Not sure how in that choke was, but this is a guy that just quit. So I have such a fundamental problem with just the quitting of it, right? He quit in the Tyron Woodley fight. He quit in this fight. He's one and four in his last five. This is my guy. This is a guy that I love. This is a guy that uh, yeah, I'm going to be a fan of forever. But at at some point, the reason you are becoming, you know, the whole week, the whole buildup was, oh, well, since Bisman retired, this is the new guy from England. This is the guy from England that we're all going to, um, you know, rally behind and whatever. Like, he's the star of England. And Bisbee never quit. That dude was a savage. That dude was fighting with one eye for a long time, right? You know, it's one thing to get caught. Uh, you know, Darren Till got caught in a choke. It is what it is, but you know, he he quit. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about it. You can tell after the fight, his body language, he sat there and he just looked bewildered, you know, because he quit. 
And uh, as a guy that's that that talks the shit that Derek or that excuse me that Darren does and the mental side of him that I love, it's really tough to, to to see your guy quit like that. I don't love quitters. It's hard to root for quitters. I mean, Darren's still my guy. I still love him, but I'm definitely gonna have to slow down the train of oh Darren Till is one of the best middleweights because I was on that train because he beat Gaslam right, had a competitive fight. With Robert Whitaker, who's, not, if not you know one or two best heavyweight or middleweights in the world, and then you got this Derek fight, who's who's great, and I thought Till matched up well with him. He just ha- doesn't have the game for it. His wrestling is his takedown defense. I wouldn't say is is it's bad, right? It's not good, but it's not bad. He did defend some Derek Brunson takedowns. It's his jujitsu off the ground. It's it's absurd that you keep your guard open and you don't have tricks to get up. And that you just got smothered and pounded by Brunson. It's, you know, Kevin Holland did a better job on the ground than Darren Till did. And everyone jumps on Holland about how piss poor Holland's takedown offense and ground game is. It's just, it's a hard pill to swallow. But Derek Brunson gets a four, Darren Till gets a one. That's me keeping it real. Till, I love you. You lost me my slime ball parlay. That hurts. And this is another thing I want to bring up. Christian brought up a good point. He said, listen, he said, you said it best in the podcast, referring to me. You have to separate. Derek was the play there, right? And and and, and I agree. I thought he's a play by the number, but I picked Till because that's my guy. I have, I have a small list of my guys that I root for. So this was the argument that I had with myself, and, and Christian brought it up. And I'm not a professional capper, right? I don't sell my picks. I, I'm open and honest with you when I am biased. But when does a capper... Like a professional cap or a guy who who does this for a living, does he enjoy the? Is he a fan anymore, or is it a job? Because it's like almost capper versus fan now. Because even though I do all the picks every week, I do picks, I gamble, and, and but I'm a fan first. Like I love this shit. Like I would watch every card even if I don't gamble. The gambling just adds to the more fun of it. So the idea of being a professional game, uh, personal capper. And you have to literally give out your best picks no matter if it if it's going against you guy you love or whatever. I don't know if I'm ready to do that. That's just me because I'm a fan first. Like, I could never pick against Izzy. I could never pick against Darren Till. You know, I can I can maybe not bet him and be like, next time Darren Till fights somebody, I'm probably not going to put him in a parlay. I probably won't bet him unless, you know, I get wrapped into him saying shit that I believe again. You know what I mean? You know, but I, I would never pick against them. I would avoid it and just watch it as a fan. So I don't know if there's cappers out there that are that are professional cappers that do this shit for a living and they're dialed in and they're betting everything. They're betting every fucking card, not just UFC, but every MMA event. I wonder if they're fans or not because I you can never take the fan out of me. That's what I love about this is, I, is I'm a fan of these guys generally. I'm a fan of the sport. And um, yeah, I, I'd rather be a fan than a capper and I understand how sometimes if they overlap each other, there could be a problem like in Darren Till. But that's the good thing about me is, is I'm telling you my biases. I'm telling you why I'm picking Darren Till and why you should probably pick Derek Brunson at a great number at what, plus 155 or whatever it was when we did the podcast. So that's my little spiel on that. You know, Kristen brought up a good point. I just, I can't separate it. I can't, I just won't. But I'm always going to tell you guys that I'm biased and I have a little bit of a, a, a you know, a dog in this fight or, or what's, what, uh, whatever. But I'm try, I try to be honest. All right, next up, co-main event, 
Tom Aspaugh versus Sergei Spivak. I mean, give this guy his flowers. Tom Aspinall, everyone was fading him this week. I saw guys, there, there's a capper I follow. He He's like a computer-based guy. He doesn't watch any fight film. He compares his records to all the major like YouTube platforms like MMA Lock and I and a bunch of those guys. He compares his method to them. Kind of is arrogant about his little computer-generated number program. He had Sergey Spivak in this fight. Lock in the Night had Sergey Spivak in this fight. I saw a lot of people that I follow on Twitter have had Sergey. And I Sergey, and I understand. Listen, Tom is a big favorite, hasn't proven a lot. Sergey is, is, is a solid heavyweight. But when I really broke down, and I tweeted it out, because this is one of the first fights I dove into when I when I did was doing research. I said, there's no way Sergey wins this fight. There's just, there's just absolutely no way. He's not built for it. If he can't get Tom down, which I didn't think he could, Tom's a big, strong, athletic kid. Sergey is not. Sergey is very plodding. He seems to be strong and has his and has his strengths, which is being strong is one of his strengths. But I just saw Tom nullifying that, and uh, it's crazy that that many people were on Sergey. I know it's a nice number, but man, I I I I'm high on Tom Aspinall. I think he's very good. And uh, this was going to be a big showing out. I didn't think he'd finish him as early as he did. I did write down finish. Again, should have played that prop because I'm an idiot. Um, I did not. Tom Aspinall was in my slime ball parlay, however. But I, I literally have wrote down finish here, and, and he didn't finish. So, Or he did finish, and I didn't play because I'm a fucking bozo. But Tom Aspinall, five-star performance, looked great. Uh, moves really well in there. Had Sergey um, backing up the entire time on the feet. Sergey has been knocked out before. He doesn't like pressure. You pressure a guy that wants to take you down. It's harder to take you down. That's just science 101. That's just MMA fighting 101. And then when they enter the clinch, Tom Aspinall looked big and strong in that clinch, threw a knee through an elbow, finished, cut Sergey real bad. Sergey basically just quit, said, oh, fuck this. I got a fucking axe on my head now. Someone just hit me with an axe. Um, but Tom looked good, and, and he's humble, and he's kind of taking the slow approach. He called out Blagoy Ivanov, which would make sense. Blagoy is a super tough dude, but... People are going to rush this guy. It looks like his his team and his management know that maybe let's not get rushed right now. But he's a big boy. He's 6'5", looked to be in great shape, uh, moves really well, is fast, his boxing's good, his jiu-jitsu's good. I mean, when you tap out Andre Olosky, I'm a fan. Um, I like Aspinall a lot. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm surprised. I tweeted out, no one wanted to smoke. I want to go Capper versus Capper, baby. A lot of people like Sergey early in the week because of the numbers or your computer program or whatever. I saw the tape. I said, I don't think so. I don't think so. But no one wanted to smoke. Huh? Come on, guys. A little friendly wager. We could have done Avi swaps. We could have done T-shirt swaps. Cash, if you wanted to do cash, we could have done whatever you want. No one took me up on it. No one took me up on it. So, uh... Yeah, I wish I would, you know, this is just, you know, I, there, I wonder if there's a, a saying, because it's like called Monday, uh, you know, Monday night quarterback or whatever, couch quarterback, whatever is it called. Like when you're just like, right, ah, you should have done this, should have done that. Uh, Monday morning quarterback, that's what it's called. Um, I'm basically Labor Day, you know, quarterback right now, just wishing I would have fucking 
put more on Asmol because I was very confident in that fight. Obviously, he was a little high. He was, I think I got him at 260, 240, 255, something around there. I don't exactly remember what I got him at. Let me hold on. Let me pull up a many tip. What did I get him at? I got Aspinall at 240. So he, he did come down a little bit because people were steaming, uh, were steaming survey. But yeah, Tom Aspinall, legit dude. Keep an eye on for him. David Zawada versus Alex Morono. Good fight. Um, I don't, there's some scoring issues for some of my fellow cappers on MMA Twitter. I don't think this was any hard to score. I think Morono, it was a competitive fight. I thought Morono won on three rounds. I thought he pieced up Zawada every chance he got. Zawada threw big shots, hit Morono with like, Every five shots he threw, he hit Morono with one, and Morono hit him with, like, ten. You know, like, Zawada was throwing some big shots and walking forward, but Morono was piecing him up, fucked him up, fucked his nose up. Um, I thought Morono won this perfectly. He gets a three, and Zawada gets a two. Um, yeah, I mean, this is your classic Alex Morono fight. This is a fight that I bet I've been fading Morono his entire career, finally to get on his, his other side, and I wrote on MMA Tips why I picked Morono. It's because Chris Curtis said back in 2013, David Zawada is not good. And I'm going to take my boy's word for it. And uh, David Zawada is just not good. Probably not in the OC anymore. Khalil Roundtree versus Modestus Bukaukis. This fight get a lot of controversy. So Khalil gets a three, and uh, but uh, Modestus gets a one. But Khalil maybe should have got a little bit higher. Um, I think I was a little upset because he didn't finish around one when he, he absolutely could have. The kick, obviously, everyone's upset about that 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 teep that that downward kick to the knee. The John Jones kick, uh, Robert Whitaker does it. A lot of fighters do this. So if you are that upset about it, now I know there's been a lot of fighters coming out saying they're upset about it. That's fine, right? They're in there. It's their knees. It's their health. If they want to change the rules, that's fine. But it's a fight. You have knee bars. You have ankle locks you have arm bars you have people trying to break your limbs you have calf kicks if you start banning one technique that someone must be really good at Khalil Roundtree practices that you know he says he doesn't practice too many on training partners because you can hurt him Modestus was right there Modestus came out and said hey I should have stopped it there's nothing wrong with the kick I should have stopped it if you start banning one thing then everything's gonna start getting banned and then we're gonna be fucking Watching fights with full gear on. <clears throat> There's nothing different about this kick than a knee bar. If you don't want to get kicked, don't get kicked, right? Um, you watch Izzy Adesanya against Robert Whitaker, he defended. You watch Alexander Gustafson versus John Jones, he defended it. It's a kick that is very effective, but also can be countered really well and can leave that person open, right? So instead of let's banning it, let's fucking figure out how to not get hit by it, okay? This is mixed martial arts. We're supposed to find every edge possible. That's why I hate the idea of banning calf kicks or doing all this, right? I think we have a limited rules in place. No finger in the buttholes, no fingers in the mouth, no fish hooking, no eye gouging, no rape chokes, no, you know, none of that, no groin strikes, you know, no, the, the Tito Ortiz rule, Tito Ortiz used to stick his fingers in people's cuts and open them up even more. None of that. Those are the rules that, that are implemented that make the sport a sport. But when you start taking away techniques like this, an effective one that a guy won, I know it blew his knee out. I know it sucks, but don't get hit by it. It's just like, what if uh, Modestus got kicked in his fucking head, right? Got kicked in his head, had a concussion, got staples in his head, all that shit, right? Just a devastating head kick. Are we going to be in head kicks because he got a horrible concussion and, you know, maybe take off a, a you know, a couple, I mean, look at TJ Grant. 
Um, that guy hasn't fought because of concussion. You know what I mean? That, that could fucking end his career too. So where does it stop? So let's quit being little baby back bitches and just accept that this is a technique that people got to stop. And not many people throw it because it's not the most effective technique. Obviously, Clear's really good at it. Robert Whitaker's pretty good at it. John Jones is the best at it. Figure out how to fucking stop it, guys. Okay? Instead of banning, I don't like that. Get it out of here. Nah, fuck off. All right, the man of the show, the guy who stole the show, Patty Pimlet versus Luigi Mendermini. Yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, and it might cause controversy, but I'm going to do it. I'm a five-star man! Patty gets five stars, baby. Patty gets five stars. Listen, I, uh, I'm i a fan of Patty Pimlet. I knew about him before. Came to USC. Very interesting guy. Very outspoken. Has a personality. I warned you on the podcast that he wasn't this Conor McGregor-like striker. He was more of a ground guy, and he ends up getting a knockout in the first round. I played him by submission. Go figure. Um, but that is his game. You know, I thought he was going to struggle with the wrestling in the UFC. He's got to work on that. He's got to work on his, his obviously, defense. He got hit with a big left hook, got wobbled a little bit. I rewatched the fight back. I think it might have been a little overblown. I think the left hook was a big left hook. It definitely it definitely rattled him, but I, he didn't get dropped or anything like that. He wasn't almost out on his feet. It just buckled his legs a little bit, and his fucking hair's bouncing all over the place, so maybe it looked a little worse than he was. Um, but Patty gets a five because I root for the sport of MMA. If this kid can be the next, you can never say the next Connor because that's ridiculous. But if he can be the next star that brings eyes to the sport, that fills out the arenas in Europe, that that is a a money-making draw, that's what I want. You want eyes, you want stars for the sport. And Patty could be a star, right? You know what I mean? He's an exciting fighter. Interesting look. Great way that he talks. Intense dude. Um, and, and I like that, right? And I like that a lot for the sport. I think Patty on his debut, Luigi average fighter. Okay. Not, you know, I said not the easiest, uh, debut. I mean, there's some weaker guys at 155. It, it, it was an okay debut for him. Uh, got caught, but then finished, became aggressive, right? And said he was going to finish around one. And he did got caught, took a little bit, you know, got taken down, got, got smashed up a little bit, got back to his feet and, and realized, okay, you know, let's take a beat here, and then said, fuck it, I'm going forward. This guy can't hurt me. Knocked him out. Impressive knockout. Technique a little, you know, suspect. I mean, that chin up in the air scares me. Defense scares me a little bit. But his bread and butter is the ground. I I, I need him to wrestle. He He's not at, he's a Liverpool kid, but he's not at Darren Till's squad. He's with Molly McCann. They need to get a, a, a wrestling guy over there. Patty Pimlet just won a bonus. I think Molly McCann did. Put your money together and hire an American to come over there and really strike Get, or maybe even a Dagestanian. I don't know. Someone from Russia. It doesn't have to be an American, but get someone in that gym that could really help you with your wrestling. Because Patty's going to struggle at 55 with some with some legit dudes. And he's already getting called out by everybody. Terrence McKinney's calling him out on Twitter. Don Madge, my guy Don Madge, calling him out on Instagram. He's going to get called outs. People are going to want to fight this kid. He looked vulnerable. He looked like he had some holes. He's got a lot of hype. But I'm telling you, he's, he's fucking good on the ground. And... You know, he's not this, I mean, I know he's competed in jiu-jitsu uh, tournaments and whatnot, but he's not like a, you know, he's not like a no-gi world champion or whatever. But his MMA jiu-jitsu is very, very good. And if he's locked in and focused, he's a problem because he's a guy that has that mind 
that he's not going to break. He's not going to quit, right? He obviously showed that he has some decent power in his hands, even though it was sloppy as fuck. Showed some decent power, but he gets a five-star because I, I need a star. We need a star in this fucking sport, and Patty's it. Um, yeah, and I had I wrote down finish as well, and I, and I just picked the wrong finish. I picked him by knockout. Excuse me, I picked him by submission. He won by knockout. What are you going to do? I wouldn't be lying if I told you I did stare at knockout for a little bit. I thought maybe Patty could could clip him on the feet because Luigi has been knocked out before, and Patty is aggressive. Um, but now I'm like, no, he's going to submit him. He'll, he's going to submit him because that's his bread and butter. But I will say this. Of all the shit Patty's getting, you know, um, people don't like him because, you know, he's at, they're like, you know, that's the kind of the thing with the cappers and, and the fan situation. A lot of cappers like, oh, great for Patty to win. I can't wait to fade him next time. Right. Instead of enjoying the moment for the young man, instead of enjoying the moment for the sport that this kid could possibly bring new eyes, new younger generate, whatever it is to the sport, they're already thinking about the next fight and how he's probably be favorite and they're going to fade him because he has a lot of tendencies that are possibly not good, which I love. Right. That's just that's the, you know, the, the absolute fucking carrot, you know, cherry carrot on top. Who the fuck puts carrots? Um but he gets a five star for me simply based on not his performance, but just his overall what he's, I mean, he's a five star fighter. He's going to be a fucking co-main event as next time out. Probably they're going to put him on American TV, like American pay-per-view. They're going to fucking run with this kid. They know what they have with this kid, but it's funny that so many people dislike him because he's popular already. They're so anti whatever, like fuck Patty, but he's dang with him. You know, same people that hate Connor, same people that, you know, anybody that gets popular, they hate, right? Um, you know, there's better fighters out there. I agree. There's a ton of better fighters out in 155 right now, but this kid's got something and the, the, we don't know what it is and no one can explain it, but he's got it. That's what he has. But, uh, uh, you know, but the one thing that no one's talking about Patty Pimblett with, with what he did, everyone wants to talk about his chin up in the air. And I brought up his no wrestling, uh, his takedowns looked a little weak, but his kicks look really fucking good. He was throwing really sharp, fast front kicks to the body and to the face. Um, those were fucking good. I rewatched the fight. His kicks are his front kicks because he's kind of longer for division to keep you at distance. Stuff was really good. Got to work on the defense. I, I would love to see some really good wrestling, but uh, Patty Pimlet, man, love it, love it, man. Uh, five stars. Next up, Molly McCann versus Junior uh, Junior Kim. Molly McCann steals this one. Competitive fight. Some people had Kim winning 29-28. I thought it had I thought it was Molly 29-28. Intensity. She came forward. She threw big shots. Kim landed good shots. Uh, I, I can't cry robbery, you know, for anybody. I thought it was really good. Molly got a three. Uh, Kim got a two-star performance. It was a competitive fight. Probably fighting the night. Um, if if you know Morano Zawada was up there. Yeah, probably fine tonight. I mean, Julian Rose and Charles Rodan was really good as well. Uh, I know Molly got a bonus. I'm not sure what bonus she got, but well-deserved. And uh, I like Molly McCann. I root for her. She's intense in there. She's fucking screaming at her. I love that shit. Like, this is a fight, okay? The people forget. Yes, this is a sport, but it's also a fucking fight. She's in there screaming because she's getting her fucking head punched in. And she sw- she's swinging back, and it's a competitive drive. And pe- I fucking miss that. I'm not a participation trophy kind of guy. I want people to get after it. Fucking get after it. Molly did, and she got the dub, and uh, I like that. Jack Shore versus Ludwig Shunalong. Jack Shore came in severely injured in this fight, apparently. He had a blown bicep tendon or something, torn bicep, something pretty significant, um, and and looked pretty good. His, his wrestling looked a little off. His stand-up looked good. He 
kept him at range, Luvic at range, and it was landing some good shots and had a moment that first round. Thought he had an arm triangle. It looks like he couldn't squeeze all the way. Um, but yeah, Jack Shore was a problem at 135, man. This guy's going to be awkward to fight. He keeps distance really, really well. His stand-up isn't going to overwhelm you. His power isn't quite there yet, but he's got decent boxing. He's got decent kicks. His ground game is very, very good. His wrestling's very, very good. Um, he's good. Lovic, you know, taking this on short notice, he's just, he, you know, he's got chops in the grappling department. I know he's 9-2, came off the Ultimate Fighter. He was a huge underdog. I get it, but... This was a good win for Jack Shore. Now it's what they said in the broadcast, and I think everyone agrees, time to step up. Jack Shore, heal up, get that bicep good, and it's time to get to that top 15, top 10 range, and we'll get you some killers at 135. That just, that's what has to happen. Um, My wife's texting me, saying, thanks for caring. I, you know what I'm doing, Rod? I got to text this woman back. Sorry, mid-podcast uh, mid, uh, text. Doing a podcast. When she's doing her business, when she's working all her her stuff, I can't, I can't even look at her. If I look at her, she fucking freaks. Nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, Julian Rosa was Charles Jordan. Uh, fight I lost on. I had Jordan. He was a significant favorite. I cannot get Julian Rosa right. I can't. There's nothing I can do to make predict this guy. He takes fights on short notice. Looks great. Big underdog. Looks great. Comes in on a full camp. Gets knocked out. I, I don't know. There's a reason he's got three go rounds in the UFC. Um, I, I can't fucking get heads or tails of this guy. Love the performance by him, though. He got rocked by Jordan. Jordan is is a really technical, classic striker, and Julian just put pressure on him, took some shots, gave some shots, but just kept Jordan off his back foot, mixing some wrestling, and then that's what ultimately won him the fight. And that third round, he, he gave that Dars, and that's his move. Julian Rose has got long, long arms, and... Took uh, Jordan's fucking neck and uh, first guy to finish Jordan in the UFC, maybe in his career, right? Was that the first? I know it's the first finish in the UFC. Um, he knows he's only lost by decision. Yeah, first time he's ever been finished. Uh, the big props to Julian Rosa. Again, kind of weird. So there's a stat out. He took the fight on with Sean Woodson on short notice. Was a huge underdog and uh, was a huge underdog and. Um, and uh, weighed 150 catch weight, and then did a uh, landed 130 strikes, and that's exactly what he did this fight. Took the fighter short notice, 150 pound catch weight, landed 130 strikes, and got a win by Darsh Choke. Same what he did in Charm Woodson. That just blow your fucking minds. Uh, first fight of the night: Mark Andre Barot versus Dolce Lombardo. I had Dolce here, Mar- uh, Marcelo Rojos. Jonathan Martinez got canceled. I was super bummed out. I like Rojos as a dog. He's my dog play. Had Dolce here. Uh, Barrio looked really good. Looked in good shape. His cardio is fantastic. Uh, speaking of that, Julian Rosa got a four-star performance. And I wrote down on the prop side, I wrote um, fight doesn't go to the distance. And I should have bet that. I did not. Um, did not. I actually took Jordan straight up. I picked Jordan to win. He got a two-star performance. Uh, Rosa got a three and then on the Jack Shore side, I wrote decision. Um, and then to take the decision prop, Jack Shore versus Ludwig, Jack got a three, Ludwig got a two of my stars. Dolce got a two and, uh, Marc-Andre got a three, you know, simple fight to start the night off. You got a guy, big, big, heavy puncher. 
uh, with some good judo and Mark Andre just kind of walked through that shit. So what do you go? I want to keep it on our divers. Let's go to the contender series. Run a little, little late, little late contender series this weekend. We lost the main event or this weekend. Then tomorrow night lost the main event. Quentin weeks or Damian weeks, uh, dropped out. So Josh Quinlan now is fighting Logan urban, but let's start the first fight night. Okay. We got Mullen Gaffron, right? Okay. And I'm wearing my shirt today, my gambling shirt, which if you follow this system this weekend, you would have won. I should take a picture of it and post it in case anybody wants to buy it. Bet on Blonde, Derek Blonson, Brom Blonson won. Superpowers, mustache, you go superpowers, Brunson's got a mustache. And if he's from a stand, better grand. So this guy, Mulan Gafferun, is from Tajikistan. He's 5'8", 26 uh, years old, featherweight. Got a nice little record there, 17-3, and but don't know who he's fighting, right? Lost to John Lineker by decision. That's a good fucking fight right there. Walter Zermora, 11 and 3 of UAE Warriors. A lot of wins by knockout. Kelvin Bellington, 13 and 3, uh, 13 and 5, decision loss. Reese McLaren, decision loss. A lot of wins every which way. 7 and 0. He fought a 7 and 0 guy's second fight, and you have, or second, 17 and 4. So this guy turned out to be okay. Because he fought, second fight is pro debut. Pro debut zero zero. Second fight he fought a guy seven and up. and he's seventeen and five right now. That guy, so he's all right. Twelve and nine. He's got a decent little record here. You know, he's got a little record. Again, I don't know any of these guys. I know some of the guys he has fought, but I don't know this guy personally. I don't know. Uh, I don't know the lines. He could be a huge favorite, but just looking at his record, I'm making predictions off the record. He looked pretty good. Let's fight Chad, uh, the monster Chad Ailing Analiger. He's Canadian. Coach is Brian Bird, consort Alberta, Canada. Uh, what does it say? Jason, oh, Jason Pryor. God, that was Perilla. Okay, so he's got a win over Brady, Brady Highstan, who just um, who just fought the uh, Ultimate Fighter finale, lost to Ricky Tertios, has a knockout win over him back in 2019, hasn't fought in like two years. A lot of knockouts, some submissions, some, um, he's got three losses in a row, hasn't lost since 2016. He's fighting 1 and 0, 2 and 0, 6 and 3, 8 and 5, 7 and 7, 4 and 1. Okay, so this is pretty much easy. Again, follow the shirt. From a stand, better grand. Mulan Gufran is fighting from fighting from Tajikistan. We're gonna go Mulan there. Let's go big on Mulan. All right. Bruno Korea. It looks like he's from Brazilian dude right here. Flyweight, 30 years old, 5'6, from Brazil, 12, 3, and 1. He is, uh, let's see here, um, not a one flip again, Darce Choke, guy likes his submissions, hasn't, uh, Matez Nikolai, has, uh, who fights in the UFC, okay, so he's fought in the UFC before, huh, okay, so he's on Ultimate Fighter Brazil, won, won, and then lost in the season four finale, is that what that is, looks like he did okay in the, in the, in the, in the show, uh, this is back in 2015, he lost to Rotonato Vieira uh, on the show by guillotine choke in round two. And then he had lost to Matthias Nicolau in his UFC, uh, UFC fight 977. Japanese necktie in the third round. Got cut from the UFC, bounced back, and he's and he's just doing that Brazil scene. Fought in Titan uh, as of recently. Okay, so he's got some experience. Looks like he likes to get to fight to the ground just by his record. He's got some wins by striking. He's got some losses by submission. Seems like a guy that's just a little wild, right? Is willing to take the fight wherever. Usually guys that have a lot of wins by submission, they don't have losses by submission, right? So 
He's a killer be killed guy, right? So he goes in there and, and he straps, but he's fought in the UFC before. He's getting another shot here. This is flyweight. He's fighting Carlo Vergara. Carlos Vergara, San Antonio, Texas. Pete Spratt, old school uh, flyweight, 5'6", 30, 8, 2, and 1. See what Carlos got. Got to win over Jacob Silva, who's fought in the contender series as well, but knockout. That was back in March. I think I remember seeing that on uh, a highlight reel. He's lost to Devin Miller in the uh, LFA, rear naked choke, and he's lost to Jonathan Martinez, who fights in the UFC. As of right now, he might get cut after missing the weight. Uh, split decision of Jonathan Martinez back in 2015. So this kid's fought some good competitions, fought some good you know, RFA, LFA, Fury. Uh, Fury's has been his home for his past couple of times. Um, that's some good organizations. However, his three fights ago, he fought a guy who was 2-5-1, and one, and he knocked him out in the second round. I don't love that. Emerson Garcia, what's his record now? 2-6-1. and one. I don't love that. I don't love that, you know... Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Vergara though. I'm gonna go with the, the the American. I think Korea, twelve three and one. He's a little bit wild. I think he might be the favorite in there. But again, I think when a tough gets going, it looks like he might fade a little bit. According to his record, I've never seen either of these guys fight. Uh, let's go, Salmon Oliveira. Salmon Oliveira, seventeen and three. This guy's got a belt in his tapology pitcher. Brazil featherweight, thirty years old, five six again. Um, okay, so let's see here. We got a lot of Pancras, we got a lot of Brazil, which you know how I feel about Brazil records. Um, let's see. He hasn't he hasn't fought since 2019, he's taking some time off. Maybe an injury, maybe he just couldn't get a fight. A lot of wins by choke, punches, guillotine choke seems to be his his go-to there. Uh lost to Wagner Lima, who's six and three, Carlos Dungo, twelve and two. Doesn't have any great wins. 0 and 0, 3 and 3, 7 and 4. 12 and 6, 6 and 3. Um, he's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. He's 8, 9, 10. So he's 9 and 1 in his last 10. Pretty good. But again, that dates back to 2019. So decent little record. Obviously, he's a champion outside of here. He's fighting Jose Alarday, Mexico, 14 and 5. Um, 5, 7, 29 is abandoned weight. Marcos Lopez Combate has been. Proven to be a great fucking organization. Joby Sanchez, who I've heard of before. This guy made a fight in the UFC. Uh, yes, so that Joby Sanchez fought in the UFC. Did not win in the UFCs. Law, uh, beat JP Baez in the contender series. Got a shot in the UFC. Lost to Mark De La Rosa and Roberto Sanchez. But he's been in the UFC. Fought a UFC vet. Then he has Gustavo Lopez who's in the UFC. He has a win over Gustavo, then a loss back-to-back. Uh, John Casareta is in the UFC as well. He's a loss to him. Um, a lot of losses. Got five losses on his record. Uh, a lot of wins by chokes. Also got some losses by chokes as well. Ground and pound. Looks like a ground guy. Looks like it'd be a guy that's a little all over the place too. Give me Salmon Oliveira, 17 and 3. Probably just a little bit better overall. Mario Souza, another Brazilian. We're just getting a lot of Brazilians. 12 and 1. He's a middleweight, 24, 6, 3. Kind of looks Asian. He almost looks like Lioto. And Jacare a little bit in his topology uh, picture here. So he's 12-3. and three. Looks like he went on the contender series. Uh, I guess the Brazil con- contender series. Looks like he fought a Polish guy, won by a decision. And then he's got Triangle Turk, Armbar, KO. Leonardo Silva beat him by decision. Uh, Leonardo Silva. Did he? Dana White contender series. Yeah, okay. He fought in the contender series. Lost. He lost to him by decision on in Brazil. A lot of phony records on here. Oh, I don't know. 
He's fighting Chidi and, and Juque and Chidi and Juque, Anthony and Juque's older younger brother, middleweight, third three two, great strikers, fought in Bellator a bunch of times. Oh man, he, you know he he gets taken down, and I'm gonna go with the Brazilian here. I'm gonna go Mario Souza. The Njuques, as much as I love their striking, and Njuque can come out and head kick this dude to the fucking moon. Problem with them is is when they get to the ground, they're fucking a fish out of water. They always give up their backs. They always get choked out. Give me Souza. He looks like he has a lethal ground game. Uh, main event nine, Josh Quinlan, five and zero. Oh. This is the guy that they're kind of centering his card around. He's from Nevada. Um, or fighting out of Nevada. Don't know where he's from. He's a welterweight, 6 20 years old. Looks like a good-looking kid. Undefeated. He's uh, fought some kind of nobodies. All finishes on his record. You know, there, it seems like they're kind of priming this kid. He's fighting Logan Urban from Cleveland, Ohio. What's up, Cleveland? He's got one loss to Zach Davis, who was 0-1. He got knocked out in the first round. Looks like this guy wants to get the fight to the ground. Uh, give me Josh Quinlan big there. So he Quinlan, Souza, Oliveira, uh, Vergara, and Mulan Gufaron. The only one I can tell you that I'm confident in because I'm wearing the shirt is on Gufaron, uh, Gafaron, if I'm mispronouncing his name, because if he's from a stand, bet a motherfucking grand. All right, no fights this week, so we're not doing a pick them. I did do a trivia. Long overdue. Got to edit. Got to put it up. I think I'm going to do another video this week as well. Don't want to make any promises, but I have some ideas. And uh, yeah, weekend off fighting. Um, and then I go on vacation, not next week. So there'll be a pick them next week uh, uh, for um, for the Ryan uh, Ryan Span Anthony Smith card. And then I'm going on vacation, but I think I'm going to do a pick them with the boys at the beach. I'm going to bring some of my shit. I got a, I got a cool microphone. I'm going to bring a laptop. I think I'm going to do it at the beach. Huh? Little tan Brian vacation because the event on UFC twenty uh the twenty fifth uh UFC September twenty fifth is Orlovsky uh Volk excuse me Orlovsky Volkanovski versus Tega which I'm super excited for that card is fucking jam packed I can't miss it so I'm packing shit let's go Emma takes podcast on YouTube on Twitter like and subscribe rate and review Ugh, just do it all Woo! hey pal do me a favor get her down off there what do you say. Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's real good. The name is Dollar.